You are listening to The Nameless Minority. Let's get started. Today's guest is Donna Morgan, CEO and founder of Butterflies for Maddie. Donna lost Maddie right before her seventh birthday. Let's take a listen. Welcome, Donna, to the podcast. Thank you for taking your time out of of your day to uh, join me. Um, If you can explain just a little bit about what happened to Maddie so everyone knows. Maddie had an extremely rare lung disease, pulmonary veno-occlusive disease, one in every 500,000 at that time. Yeah, we, we thought that she had pneumonia several times that year. Um, we started homeschooling, keeping her at home in September, and uh, November 23rd, actually November 22nd, we got up and, and the, the bed of her nails were turning blue. Her oxygen was like in the 60s. Um, so we went into the hospital and, and they talked about a lung transplant then. And so that was at PJ. We were stack flooded out and we lost her in about 14 hours. Well, like I told you a while ago, I read your story online and it broke my heart. Just, just the parts of it. I mean, it I, I, was the memories I have, the things that the the events that happened that day from hour to hour. I mean, it, it's just it is a horror story. Yeah, I, and I completely get it. Yeah. Um, what is one thing that you miss about Maddie? And when I tell you one thing. The one thing that I miss is the smell of my daughter's hair. I was getting ready to say the smell of her hair. Because she always sat in her lap Mm -hmm. and we rocked her all the time. So that's the one thing that I remember all the time. My Mondays with Maddie uh, that I've been doing since it happened, there's several posts about the smell of her hair after a bath or, you know, after she was playing or Mm -hmm. just, and I don't know why, because, our kids that we have now, I don't, I don't know that I think about their smells. I think it's because they were as close to us when, when you could smell their hair, yeah. they were that close. Yeah. I, I miss her giggle. Yeah. Her belly laugh. Yeah. Can you too. still hear it in your head? I can. I can. And mm-hmm. that's my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Of losing that? That I will forget. Mm-hmm. Forgetting. And anytime I write, anytime I think about anything, anytime I'm in a drive-thru, anytime I'm at a grocery store, I remember having a meltdown at about a four-year mark. I was at McDonald's. And I couldn't remember what she liked on her hamburger. Mm. And I thought, I think it was just ketchup and pickles, but I can't remember. And I just bawled, you know. Forgetting is my biggest fear. I don't really remember much. Bits and pieces come back to me. It's weird Mm -hmm. what I can remember. My daughter wouldn't eat a hamburger. She would only eat Cheerios. Yeah. So, (laughs) Cheerios and yogurt. That's about the only thing she would eat. She was just a small little person. Yeah. Um, Anytime I pass a Cheeto while mellow yellow, it's just, <laughs> you know. It's amazing what we think about it. It is. And what we don't think about with our other kids, because every memory, you just don't think about it. You don't think, mm-hmm. you know, I need to remember this. I need to take pictures of this. I need to, until you're in our shoes. And then you're mm-hmm. like. So on the way down here from Louisville, um, I asked my son if he wanted to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. He's 13 now. Yeah. My so son's he, 14. So he listened. Yeah. And as soon as it got done, he broke down crying. And I'm like, I, I don't know why you're crying. Just tell me why you're crying. And he, right. He's like, look, I don't remember any of it. 
And I was like, but I have memories of you two together. Mm -hmm. I was like, I remember when she was learning how to walk, she grabbed my finger and you walked over mm -hmm. and grabbed her other hand to help her walk. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff. And he's like, I don't remember any of it. I was like, you don't have to. I was like, that's why I'm doing this podcast, to get right. things out there so you remember. And it's important Yeah. for the siblings. You know, Caroline was four, Chandler was 10, so that was Chandler's best friend. You know, mm -hmm. Maddie was six, two weeks to her seventh birthday. So Chandler has so many vivid memories. And um, Caroline, I keep that alive because the pediatrician said she, she won't remember much. She's four. Mm -hmm. She'll have very few memories. Mm -hmm. So I make sure. Eli you know, just remembers what people tell him. Yeah. 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 Sometimes they're even jealous of Maddie. They're, they get, you know, we're always on the back burner, Mom. We know you can't do spring break because of the race. We know you can't do this because of the fundraiser. We know that, that you know, Maddie's always first with you. And I just think I would do that for any of you guys. Yeah. You know, I have to be her ears, her eyes, her, her feet. I have to be that, you know. But, but they have to understand that you're doing all the stuff right. currently for them. Right, And you're just right. doing this to keep the memory of that person But alive. I get it. I get the way it looks, yeah. you know. Yeah. Eli said there for a while, and I don't know why he would say this, but I would say something, and he would say, I'm too young to die. And he said it several times. Yeah. And finally I said, you need to sit down so we can talk about why you can't say this. Right. Right. So once I told him, he, he's never said it since. Yeah. So it's one of those weird things like, yeah. you know, he's just a kid. He doesn't yeah. know. But yeah, just explaining that to him. And right. He understands now right. why he can't say those things. Yeah. Um, what was her favorite thing to do? As my daughter, her favorite thing, what she referred to as go have some fun, was go to a park and swing. Maddie loved the Dollar Tree. Remember when they had those mystery bags at the Dollar Tree? Mm -hmm. They don't have those anymore. Um, another memory, and this was this was this was horrific for me. And it's silly, but Maddie always done the Dollar Tree. We always done that, and she loved the mystery bags because she didn't know what she was getting in them. So we would go to the Dollar Tree and get two or three. Well, I saved. She got an iced tea in one of them, and I saved that tea in the fridge. We were moving at the time, and I saved that tea. But there was no tea left in it. It was gone, and it was just the bottle and the bottle. And I had a couple guys moving me and they threw it away. And it was just an iced tea container. And I remember coming home and I thought, they've emptied the fridge. They've emptied the fridge. That was in one of her mystery bags. And I could cry now thinking about it because I was as broken as broken could be. That was one of her favorite things. Isn't it weird what yeah. we relate to? Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. things we keep, the silly, you know. But it's like I wouldn't. I wouldn't have taken anything for that. Mm -hmm. I think I'm the opposite. I haven't hardly kept anything. I didn't bring I, her things home until yeah. about five years ago, and I, it's been. It's coming up on 16 years. I've given most of the things to my mother yeah. to, to keep because she she loves all that stuff. But yeah. a friend of mine did a, a painting and mm -hmm. a wood burning. It's about the only things I have left. Um, I never do home videos. I, I can't listen. A friend of mine sent me a, a little clip she had, and uh, I was at work. This has been about three weeks ago, and I opened it. And just to hear her voice, mm -hmm. I've not heard her voice in almost 16 years. We have. It, it, you can't breathe. You can't breathe. We have a few random um, YouTube videos mm -hmm. out there. And then we do too. through all this, I was doing a yeah. blog, just mm -hmm. updating. So there's some videos on there too. So if I ever need to go back and try to listen, just to, I guess, remember yeah. what she sounds like. But I can still hear her say, um, And I'm sure that's comforting. Yeah. yeah. Comforting yeah. to a lot of parents. Yeah, I just don't want to lose me, it. <laughs> just, 
for me, I, I can't, I can't, you know. But I didn't go, I didn't go to the grave for real. And I call her, her, you know, that's her headboard. I have to yeah. think of it like it's her room. Yeah. You know, that's her headboard. The vases are just vases on her headboard. Mm-hmm. I'm changing out her room. I didn't go for a long time, just on holidays, because I was just, I was a horrid person after I left. But now, I've embraced it more, and I just think, you know what? She's just up north. I have a different relationship with her than I do with the other kids. I have to think of it that way. Yeah. I have to think of it as I'm decorating her room. I'm changing out just like I would at home. That's a good way to think about it. And just, that's how I have to do things in my mind. I went almost every day because I was in the same city for a, a while. Yeah. Um, and now I'm in a different city, so I might go once a year. Mm-hmm. Tony would go every night. He was an officer over here, captain, for 25 years. And they just gave him a key and said, you know what, you're on third shift. Just go to her whenever you need to. And, and he would go and he would read. Read a chapter of a book to her that's every fantastic. single night. We were very different in the way we done things. Very different. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Everybody that's, does things different. You are correct. Um, what is one of your favorite stories about Maddie? Um, her P-O-S-S-R-U-V is one of my favorites. She couldn't spell. She was four. And um, three and four. She was about two when Caroline was born. Almost two. And um, she would, that was just a word she used when she wanted to do something. She would say, Mommy, when Caroline goes to sleep, can we POSSRUV? She would just say that <laughs> instead because Caroline would hear. And so that was just one of the little words. And, and my friends and I, we say that all the time. It's just one of the words. And I love you bigger than a whale was another one. We started doing uh, Maddie's quotes, it's on t shirts. And um, that was just a little boutique line I've started. And I love you bigger than a whale was one of the first shirts. Wow. We would be in the, the vehicle and I can still see her little face in the in her car seat. And I would say, Maddie, I love you bigger than blah, 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 blah. And we would go back and forth, back and forth. And, see, and she'd say, Mommy, I love you bigger than a whale. And that was like the biggest thing to her. <laughs> yeah. So that is very special. I have that on bracelets. I have it on T-shirts. I have it, you know. A lot of the people in my things. family have... Um, Eat up a toe. It was back in the day when Bella couldn't. Potato. She she couldn't even talk. Yeah. Um, it was more of like a mumble, but right. but it always sounded like eat up a toe. So, I don't know what it means. It's the little things we cling to and keep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I talk like she talks. She said flip ball instead of football. She said pap apple instead of pineapple. So we all say those things when yeah. we talk to each other. My friends, my circle. You know, we just keep her going. It's good to have those close friends yeah. who actually remember and understand right, all that stuff. Right. Who can relate. Yeah. Um, how has Maddie's life impacted your life? Mm. It's made me appreciate more. Um, it's made me love harder. I think I try to see people through Maddie's eyes. I try to, you know, I try to have her live through me in a sort of kind of way, I guess. Um, I try to be better to people, more forgiving. And I think Maddie's taught me that, you know. Yeah. My daughter was blind. Yeah. And she never met a stranger. Like, she would just... Don't you love that spirit? Like, like if she met you and, like, heard your voice, she would just want to hug you. And I love that. I've got two kids like that. And actually, well, Madden's sort of like that too, but 
Maddie was very different. She didn't want to stay the night with anybody. She loved being at home. Home was her favorite place. She was not like the others. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Every yeah, kid's different. I love it too. Yeah. I love it. Um, tell me about Butterflies for Maddie and what they do. Butterflies for Maddie. Well, we've not been able to have the race this year or last year, but um, Sherry Bibbert, my best friend, started it a year after, I guess it was. And um, she said, let's just do a run. You know, you need something. Because I was struggling so bad with the bitterness and the anger and the, you know, why didn't I know? I would have quit work. I would have stayed with her longer. I would have, you know, and I was like, fine, whatever. I don't run. It's it's whatever, you know. I was just in that. And so she was like, let's do it. And um, I guess it was by the third year, we had about 1,200 people that started to come out. So at that time, it was Cozair Children's, and now it's Norton's. But yeah. um, we, did, we funded... We do a round table every year, and, and we have a doctor fly in, usually in April now. And um, they talk about PVOD and interstitial lung disease, and there's been so many bittersweet moments that we've had through Butterflies for Maddie, where we can give to others, and we, we do literary scholarships through the schools, and, and we give to funerals, and we can give to people that, that have to stay in the hospitals, and we're able to do that. Um, we do several fundraisers, but the race is the biggest one a year. But, um, you know, it's just been, when I get a phone call, I got a phone call probably about four years maybe after Maddie. There was a lady in Indiana, and, you know, they didn't know what happened to Maddie until her autopsy came back. And um, so there was a lady that called me, and she was like, I know what happened. I'm just over the bridge from Cosair. And she said, my son was a football player. He was a big athlete and um, he had PBOD. And she said, but that was on the table for us. The doctors told us through what you guys have done, the doctors were able to look at it and say, I think this is pulmonary venoocclusive disease. Wow. You know, so even though she lost him anyway, but even though, you know, she was at least able to say through what you guys have done. And there's been several, several moms, several moms. There's a girl living with it right now, which was a phenomenal. She was um, featured in Red Book about five years ago. Mackenzie Unga, she's been living with it for several years, which is unreal, unheard of. I'd never heard of it. I looked her up and she's got this big butterfly necklace on. Oh, and it was man. just like an instant, you know, we find our gifts. Where does the butterflies come from? Johnny Travis wrote that song for Maddie while we were in the hospital. Um, things that I was screaming and saying in the hospital. And he took the things from, from our friends and things like that. You know, I was talking about her schoolwork was on the table. And, and just things that he heard me crying about in the hospital. And he wrote a song. And then Chad Lockhart has redone that song. Really? Chasing Butterflies is what it's called on iTunes. It's beautiful. I know Chad Lockhart. Do you know Chad? He's a great guy. He's yeah, a great he is. Guy. He is. Um, what kind of coping tools do you use? Um, I pray a lot. I scream a lot. I cry a lot. Um, you know. I understand For me, anything you want to do is okay. Anything. You yeah. know, I get calls all the time. Can you talk to her? She's drinking. Can you talk to her? She's, and I think in my heart, if I'm being honest, no, that's not what I do. But I'm not going to say anything to you with anything you do. You get through your days how you get through your days, and that's just how it has to be. Yeah. You know, we get, and, and that's easy maybe for me to say because I've got three other kids. Those that are only parents, I, I probably don't have words for you, you know. You do. I would hope that I do because it's kind of what I do now, yeah. but 
I also think to myself, you know, they keep me going. They keep me going. Yeah. And so I don't know if she had been my only child, how that would have affected me. Maybe I would still do what I do now, you know, and wear this concrete mask and this smile when I don't want to wear it. Yeah. But, um, you know. I don't wear a smile. <laughs> to the point where people tell me I should smile. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. I do. I'm a smiley girl. And in my humor, like, I'm really stupid. I won't do that here. But I'm just giggle, giggle, giggle all the time. And my humor, I think, laugh about it or cry about it. I, you've got two options. And that's what I teach my kids. That's you it. know, we can, we can try to laugh about it and find a silver lining. I'm all about silver linings in every situation. Let's find a silver lining. Let's grasp that. And let's just try to try to do that. So, so way back when, after Bella had her first um, her tumor surgery, she had a scar that went from ear to ear. Mm -hmm. So it literally went from here all the way around. Right. Um, and we would make jokes. Yeah. Like we said, we we're right. going to dress her up as Frankenstein yeah. for Halloween, and my cousin did not understand it at all. Um, and I said, "Well, I can either laugh yes. or I can either cry. Mm -hmm. Take your pick." Right. And she told me that the other day. She goes, I, I, that's the one thing you've always told me that stuck with me. And I was like, I have no we recollection have of that whatsoever. no options. <laughs> no that's recollection. what I say to everyone about anything they ask me about Maddie, about how I'm doing or, or how I do this or how can I do this. And, you know, you're the strongest. I'm really not. I'm just mm, doing my thing. No. I'm, just, I'm just getting through the yeah. day. That's all I'm doing. You know, that's what I we about. have no options. I do absolutely nothing special. Yeah. I'm a regular person mm -hmm. who just got dealt with this. Right. So you can deal with it or you can just go and then do you feel guilty about even saying that because I think that I got dealt these cards but who would I give those cards to? You know, mm -hmm. I always do when I say that and I say that to other people. These are the cards I was dealt. You know, God gave this storm to me. I need to do something with this storm to help the next mom. If I can help another mom, that's what I need to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. I think that. And then I think, I mean, Donna, when you say you were dealt these, I mean, who would have you given those? I don't want that to ever happen to anybody else, no. another mom, another dad. Uh, you know? I do understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I sit there and wouldn't wish it upon anybody. No. No. Like, even when you talk to people and they're like, man, I couldn't do it. I'm like, you can. Like, it's your kid. You do everything else for them. Yeah. Why can't you do this? Again, what are your options? Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Do you have a story of um, someone making you feel good about people again? Like, we would just randomly go to the mailbox and there would be a check-in mm -hmm. from someone that we didn't know. And this is, like I tell everybody, pre-Facebook. So we yeah. had to call around and ask, mm -hmm. like, who this person was because oh, we yeah. didn't know who it was. Oh, our story's big. We have, we have big stories. I am completely humbled by this community and I know that this doesn't happen in large cities probably but we live in a very small southern community and um, I didn't even understand it for about a year because my mind was so clouded with just pain and grief and anger and, and I hate the bereavement steps so I won't even say that because I think they're crap but um, you know now I can remember she was at her church Coral Hill and I asked for that don't remember that but but um, the ladies, they opened the church up, and I don't know that Coral Hill has ever had, and that church has been there many, many years, has ever had a funeral there. They, and it was at Thanksgiving. Um, my physicians on Thanksgiving Day were giving me shots, coming to my home. Um, they opened the church up for us for three days. They made a huge meal for everybody, and I wasn't able to thank anybody, you know. The community, we had insurance, but the community paid for her funeral. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't know that for a really long time um, because I couldn't comprehend all the cards, all the things that, that I have saved that I may even look at today now that you've mentioned it, but um, I never wrote them back. I never, I don't even know that I read some of them because I was just whatever. Yeah. You know, I sat in a chair for about four months and stared at a wall. We ended up paying for the headstone and the casket out of donations. Mm -hmm. And then my work paid every bit of the funeral cost for $60. Isn't that a blessing? I mean, I mean, all I remember is my store manager saying, we'll put it in. I don't know what they'll pay. And then the day of the funeral, I remember the funeral director coming up and going, man, I hate to ask you, but mm -hmm. you know how you plan paying for it? And I was like, look, my store manager's coming with a check. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And he walked up and, and he said, I have that check. And I was like, can you give it to so-and-so? And he said, yeah. So that person walked up and said, it's all of it but $60. Is that not wonderful? And I was just like, I was blown away. The, the kindness and generosity that people give you and that are just completely selfless. Yeah. You know, and I, think I remember it, the Shriners coming to me and they said, for 14 hours of life support, it was $245,000. And they come to me, and we had insurance, and so they said, do you have bills that we need to take? You know? And it was very little. Insurance covered almost all of it. And I said, no, you know, thank you. I think we want to pay for the last bills. But that was so nice. Yeah. You know, and I think, what a blessing. Just different things are put in place in the hospital and, and you know, for things that parents don't have to worry about. And it's awful that they should have to worry about it. What words of advice do you give to other parents? I know you've, you've already, we've already talked about it. you talked to multiple people, yeah. but, but is there any one thing that you tell every one of them? Um, do whatever's comfortable for them. Do whatever they want to do. Get through their days however they need to get through their days. You know, cry if you want. It's okay to cry. Mm -hmm. um, I always made it a point not to cry in front of my kids just because I don't want them to have those memories. They have enough. Yeah. And so I always do that by myself. But I just tell them, you know what? Nobody knows how you feel. So you do whatever you need to do to yeah. get through the day. Yeah. Except journal. For, journaling is great. You it know, does. have an outlet. Try to have an outlet if you want to write, if you want to journal, whatever you want to do. Get a support system. A support system's great too, you know, when I'm having my bad days. Yeah. I don't think I had that for years. Um I have I have a handful of people I can talk to about it, but mm -hmm. as for them relating, I don't think they can truly relate. Right. Um so my ex wife actually talks to me quite a bit. Um, whenever I call. Do you have that now? Just people that have been there and... No. No. I have my parents, but, you know, I mean, they lost a grandchild. I don't know what I would do. Other than, you know, spiritually, I have that outlet. But I really, I talk to a lot of moms and dads. And I try to reach out when I hear of something. Mm -hmm. I instantly, I'm just, you know, you don't know me. I heard your story. I'm here if you want to talk to me. If yeah. you need to share something with me, I will absolutely share everything I have with you, you know. Um, but that's important, I think. Because yeah. no one else. And I thought about doing that in this community. Because there's so many moms since this happened that I've known, that I've talked to and never knew they lost a child. And I think, you know, they keep it to their, they have kept it to their self. Mm -hmm. And they don't have an outlet. Yeah. 
and I need for somebody to know how I'm feeling. My friends are, are wonderful. You know, the whole Butterfly for Mighty staff, all of my close, I call them my crew, they're wonderful. But they don't know. They don't know how those mornings are when you're up by yourself. They don't know how long the nights are when you're just thinking, you know, I wonder how heaven is. I wonder how, like what she looks like. Mm -hmm. I want, you know, those mm -hmm. thoughts that you have, that those other parents have. Like wondering what they would look like now. Yeah. Or, and is that how that's going to be, you know? Like, I long for Mighty so bad, yeah. so bad. And so, you know, every day I just think, you know, you always think, well, you're one step closer every day. And I know that sounds horrible of me because I have three other kids, so I don't want that to sound morbid. It's not. It's the truth. But in my heart, that's what I think, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, Donna, thank you for joining the podcast today. You're very welcome. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay amazing, stay adorable, and stay awesome.